top of the morning to you. This is your girl, you know, Fabulous Frida. Always your host here to bring you the most on WDGS on your podcast station. And today, 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 let me share with you what the Spirit has given me to say. Have you ever experienced in this life journey people who you know have said something about you, something that didn't make you feel good. It it didn't sound good to your ears. It didn't feel good to your heart. And it didn't sit well with your spirit. Hello. And so you ask yourself, what do you do? Because if you do verbal retaliation, and you know sometimes we have a tendency to do that. We say things concerning other people because they said something that hurt us we say something that hurt them whether we do it consciously or unconsciously but this is the thing about that when you find yourself in this season of maturity and that's what the spirit is dealing with me concerning this entire year of 2023 new year new you And when you begin to examine your level and your connection of spirituality, I want to use that word, not religion, not religion, but spiritual. And spiritual simply means you have a belief system in a omnipresent, unseen God that you pray to and he has answered your prayer. That's a spiritual relationship. No matter when it was, no matter how long it's been, No matter what it was. But if you've ever found yourself in a position in life where you was all by yourself and to yourself, I'm just saying, and you talked to a God you could not see, but you believed that his presence was among you sitting alone and he could hear your thoughts. You know, everybody don't pray out loud. Some people think they're prayers. I'm just saying. Some people do thinking and praying. I remember I met this lady and she was in one of my my, uh, beginning of the year class. And I called on this lady to open up the class with a prayer. And she did, but she also informed me she had never openly prayed among other people. And I kind of was in awe. Because I know this person believe in God. I know they pray to God. I know they have faith in God. So that's why I say what I say when I say what I say. That some people just, they know how to commune with God in a quietness. And then you have people like me. That just like I was when I was out there hanging out, I was bold and happy and joyful. And, you know, I was one of them people when they say, everybody say scream. Yeah, you know, everybody raise your hand. Okay, that's how I did in the club. So surely now that I've converted from the club, I want to use that same energy to be in a celebratory way with God. So, so, so the thing is about today's message is this. When we come to that place of knowing people say things about us that don't sound good and it don't feel good. How do you process your emotions? Do you detach yourself? Do you reject and delete those individuals? 
Or do you walk in the spirit of hypocrisy? Well, people can, you can say things bad about other people, but other people don't have no right to say things bad about you. Now, that's a spirit of hypocrisy. And let me enlighten you if you don't understand as a believer, that spirit right there is a danger zone. Because this is what Jesus said about hypocrites. He said hypocrites don't have no part in heaven. See, we we don't be an unjust judge. That means you're talking about somebody and you're judging somebody for doing the very thing you're guilty of doing. Now, but instead, let me tell you what Jesus said on his journey. It's the way we use our time. Are you using your time to express your emotions, your hurt, your fears, your phobias? Or are you using your time to do what Jesus instructed us to do? You know, this is the thing. A lot of people, in, in when they start looking at religious denominations, they start dissecting and diversifying the purpose of Christ. Well, Christ served a purpose like any other religious denomination. He said that he was a servant. And he was there to guide and direct people to the instructions of God that was already in place. Hello? (laughs) He said, I didn't come to tell you something new. I didn't come to abolish the laws that you already have been given. But I came that they could be fulfilled by looking at my personal life. And if you see that, hey, these instructions that were given for all mankind, if I can do them in my human flesh, why are you complaining about executing and exercising them in your human flesh? He came in the form of a flesh to let everybody know and see who witnessed in that era that this too can be done. And for those who could not witness and see it, like us, he he was instructed to allow them to write, which was Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, because all of them hung out around him. They fellowship with him. And that's the same way it is for anybody we know. And they walking in a way to show us by example. And they're talking to us in a way to tell us what they're able to do. And let me enlighten you. Some of the things that Jesus the Christ had to say, people didn't like it. But he told the truth. And he came to the realization that even in our human flesh, sometimes we just don't want to embrace the truth. And so what he was trying to teach the disciples, okay, so when people say things about you, this is the way you need to understand. By faith. By faith, anything could be changed. By faith. If you only believe. And if you only believe, then you won't be falling out. I'm just saying, hello. When you realize and recognize that it is God, the creator, and all his power and infinite wisdom, he is able to change any situation, no matter what somebody say. Because there are a lot of people that are unjust judge. There are a lot of people that are hypocrites. And there are a lot of people that's just naysayers. And I want to encourage you this morning in this message. Don't get caught up on what they say. Because they say a lot of stuff. 
But be more conformed and transformed by what God said. What did God say? God said he came that we may have life and have it more abundantly. And it's not indicative to how somebody treat us or don't treat us or what they say and what they did say and what they didn't say. He said, if you walk up right, that's the key. He said, you can eat the fruits of the land. Are you walking up right is the question. And if you're not walking up right, let me tell y'all something. It comes with an instruction. And I want to share with you the instructions because I was just kind of touching on this subject with someone. Jesus said to them in Matthew's chapter 25, when he did his first sermon was in the book of Matthew's, the Sermon on the Mount. He taught the Beatitudes. But throughout the book of Matthew's, the beginning of the first gospel, which is the gospel of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Jesus did a lot of instructional teaching. And that's why at the beginning of every year on Zoom, and starting in mid-January to the beginning, maybe sometime the 1st of February, I do a class, and I've been doing it for several years now. And the name of the class is A 40-Day Journey with Jesus. Anybody interested, feel free. Hit me up through my podcast. Select the button to reach out to me or hit me up through, I don't, I haven't had my messenger activated in about two months, but, but hit me up through, uh, WordPress, WDGS333.org. That's the website. And I will be more than happy to add you into the 40 day journey with Jesus class. We do a division of the four gospels and we study those books and read certain scriptures each day and we explore those scriptures. And the purpose of this class is that we get to a place of adopting the mind of Christ. When the scripture says, let this mind be in you, that is also in Christ Jesus. So how do we become with that type of mentality of anybody thought process? If you ever said, I know how this person thinks, I know what they're thinking, and you know people will tend to say that. But in order to really be accurate in, in pronouncing that, that means you have to spend time with the person. You have to get to know that person. They likes and they don't likes and, and, their, and their diction and their conversation style. Because everybody got a conversation style. So when we do that class, that's how we get more in tune with knowing the mind of Christ. So feel free to to connect with me if you want to join in and um and I'll put the 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 website link in the description box for anybody like I say it's upcoming every year so far the beginning of the year it's very 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 therapeutic for me and also from the report of those who have participated. But listen back to what I was saying. Instead of wrestling with what someone said, begin to execute. Let me tell you a good way, a good therapy, let me say, through my life journey that has assisted me with knowing how to push past what people say. Because we cannot stop people's mouth. I don't know if anybody is familiar with a mass shooting that occurred at a Walmart in Virginia. And the young man, they said, you know, he had been written up and he was really upset about what people said. Now, nobody hit him. Nobody took no skin off his back. 
No, nobody approached him to give him physical harm at all. But because he got so offended because of other people's words, he took a tragic matter into his own hands and he went to that place of employment and began executing people because he went there with the intent to kill. And let me tell you something, though. That did not stop the people from talking. Hello? Let me repeat that. That did not stop the people from talking. As a matter of fact, that very act just created more people that didn't know him to have things to say about him. So what am I saying? We can never stop people from saying what they say when they say what they say. But what we can do is be mature and seasoned enough to know how to process and keep our feelings out the way where you feel like you have to reject people and delete people. I'm just saying. And that's a free will choice if that's what a person choose to do. But that's not going to heal you from your hurt. As a matter of fact, in my opinion, I believe the more people hold on and harbor unforgiveness, the longer they're hurt will remain. So if you're interested in being healed, if you're interested in being delivered from the from the naysayers, from 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 the people who say what they say because we all have that free will liberty in America to do. But don't forget the fact that sit down if you want to take this as a challenge to help yourself. I want to first say first thing first Sit down and write down anything negative that you say in a day. Anything you have called somebody else and said negative. If you had enough paper to write all them things down, because they are recorded. You know, they are recorded in the heavens of heaven. So we can't, God already know. But you know, we as people may not know. So when you begin to write all the things down that you said, then that should let you know one or two things. You need to examine yourself, and that's being a hypocrite and an unjust judge. Because unless you never have nothing negative to say about somebody or to somebody. And I know some people, they have called people... B's and XYZ's and said some of the most low down stuff, not behind people back, but in their face. I'm just saying, hello. And they don't realize if words, they feel hurt. If we feel words hurt us, just think about all the words jacked up, messed up, and tore up from the flow up that may have came out of each person's mouth to say to somebody else's ears face to face. Now, because I never had one of those type of guys that when they got angry, you know, I never was married or dated a man that when he got angry, he stood in my face while we're dating or, you know, while we're married and say some of the most horrific stuff. I never experienced that. But I know some people who have experienced it because I know the guys that they were with. And some of them I have even heard why they was into this type of engagement of conversation. You know, and the things sometimes a woman will say to a man and a man will turn around and say to a woman. I'm saying, but either way, if you know that words hurt when you hear them, trust me, for every time 
they're said to other people from your mouth, it hurt them too. But how do people expect people to handle their words? Do people delete them and reject them? Or do they keep engaging and dealing with them? And let me tell y'all something. This is why I used to say about the men I dated. When you know you're together in a relationship, that means you are helpmates for one another. Most people in their human compassion and they they don't, it's just not one-sided. Well, one person do everything all the time. There's always some give and take. And in that giving and taking in relationships, whether it be family, friends, foes, spouses, co-workers, listen, you got to grab this. It's always generally a two-way street. And, and I think one of the saddest things is that people get to say what they say, how they want to say, when they want to say, and who they want to say to individuals when that person has been a blessing or being a blessing. I'm just saying. I'm not talking about telling that person the truth. I'm talking about calling people out their names. You know how some people call people and say all manner of evil against them. That part. So what did Jesus say? He said, forgive. I'm back on that word. I tossed it out on my previous podcast before this one. It's forgiving season. And not just because Thanksgiving coming <laughs> But, but 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 most people celebrate Thanksgiving because they are thankful for what they've received, the blessings. And forgiveness is a blessing. I'm just saying, I, I'm not talking about from people. I'm talking about from God. It's a blessing when God forgive us. But he says, even in the instructions, he forgive us as we forgive others. Sometimes things don't work out the way we want them to work out. Sometimes things don't happen. Sometimes we get the hiccups and we have to drink some water because hiccups come unexpectedly. I don't know anybody that sit down and purpose to catch the hiccups. I'm just saying. But if you find yourself in that area where that is occurring, I want to share with you, I think it's five tips that Jesus gave that we can engage in that can help us on our journey to humble our hearts to not hold and harbor. Number one is, and if you have never done these things, listen to me, listen to me. And I think they're five. I hadn't counted them yet, but I'm going to give them to you. If you have never encountered doing all five of these things, I like to suggest while you yet live and breathe that you participate and cooperate in doing these things. And I'm not saying them because it's just a part of a biblical fundamental teaching. I'm saying them because I have executed them. And if you are a person in spiritual leadership, you most definitely should have executed all five of them. If you have a title on your name, in any capacity of the fivefold ministries, and you have not implemented all five of these things, I like to suggest you reconsider that title over your name in the ministry. I'm just keeping it 1,000. Number one, 
It says, for I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. That's number one. When you're battling against what people think, feel, and say, if you put these five things I'm about to name into action, and it don't convert you to forgive, then I just will continue to pray for myself if I was that kind of person for God to remove my stony heart because that's a stony heart person and a hard-headed person. If you do these five things and you still stuck and you and you still stuck on what you think, feel, and believe but in your feelings, then it, 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 it's, it's time to go back to the drawing board. Okay, number one. If you have never fed a person when they're hungry, that's something you should implement. Number two, if you have never given a person water when they were thirsty. Now, in my biblical interpretation, it's not per se physical water, but it's the water of the word. That you can give a person a word when they when they thirsty, when their life has gotten to the place. And you know, you know, nowadays they call them thirsty girls. That means when somebody's craving something and they need to to just you know they they need to taste it. So when when you know somebody is thirsty and they're going through things in their life and you can't give them a word from God, you might need to write it. You might need to text it. Just 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 give them something. Give them the, quench that thirst from the word of God. That's number two. Number three, Jesus said when he was a stranger. And you invite somebody in. Now, it's not talking about your house, but it's talking about being open to helping somebody, even though they're not related, even though you really don't know them. It can be some small deeds. It don't have to be nothing great. I always say you can do a combination of all three if you go and feed the homeless because you took food, give them an encouraging word from God, and then you know they're strangers because you don't know them. And I have done that. Then the, the fourth one is when somebody need clothes and you clothe them. Are you willing to release some of that stuff out your closet? I'm just saying, I do a purging pretty much every year, every other year. And I take and be a blessing. You can give something to I have given outfits to people who started a new job. I, I have given outfits to people who got in positions in church, you know, and they want it to go regular. I mean, but in need, give somebody in every year. There's a person I know personally, never met them face to face. If I did, it been years ago. I ain't, I can't remember. But they do a coat drive. I make sure to support them in some shape, form, or fashion. It don't have to take a lot of money to do these things, but it would take a lot of heart of compassion. So I donate to the coat drive for kids. And then they say, I was sick and you did not visit me. So what, what that is, thirsty, hungry, a stranger, clothes, that's four, five, is when you sick and say, you didn't look after me. And that means you may not go to somebody's house. You may just call and check on them and say, listen, I'm praying for you. I pray you get better. I pray your healing. You know what I'm saying? You keep them in prayer. Some people, and back in the days, I used to get in my car, go to people's houses, take my anointed oil, and I have went and laid hands on the sick. You know, I've been to the hospital and laid hands on the sick. 
So if you help not practice these things, I'm just saying. And the last one is when I was in prison and you came to visit me. Now, that again, that doesn't mean you have to sign up and do all to go through the paperwork to go to prison. But you can reach out and connect with ministries and churches that have prison ministry. Ask them, is this something you could do? You can see as recently what I did. Send some cards. Uh, uh, put something on their books. I mean, it's, it's not always when he's talking about visiting. It doesn't have to be face-to-face. We know, especially since the evolution of the pandemic, a lot of people have learned how to do things without face-to-face contact. But are you implementing these things is the question. And once you begin to put these things into your journal and say, on my journey through life, I have experienced rendering myself and my service to, to, to implement these things. And if you keep doing them, let me tell you what it'll do. It'll cause all that negative naysaying to dissipate. Because you'll start seeing people with problems way, way, way bigger than your everyday problem. Because if we're in a position to help people that has those needs in all six of those areas then it should touch your heart where your heart should not be consumed with the words that came out of somebody's mouth to your ears. But that your, your, your thoughts are centered around your thought process is what can I do to implement one of all six of these things on my journey? And how often can I submit or commit my time to doing these things. And watch, let me share it with this. Watch how things will begin to transform by the renewing of your mind. You know, it's a lot of people waste money on a lot of things. And some of them, I get it. You know, people have addictions. And addictions will make people who, that addiction, if it don't do nothing to benefit us, to help us in a healthy way, but yet we'll still spend our money on it. And it's the same thing, but it won't feel good if we need somebody to give us some money. But it's okay if we waste hours and get upset with people by theirs. The same way with conversations. It's okay if we say negative things about somebody, but then get upset if somebody say something negative about us. I'm just saying, make it match and make it make sense. And on that note... May this message resonate, begin to saturate, download into your spirit, and allow your thought process to be transformed as it uploads into the renewing of your mind. And may you continue to allow the blessings from heaven to flow down into your life. Meet all of your needs, even the things your heart desire as you, gotta get this last part, <laughs> delight yourself in God. And may you continue to prosper and be in good health even as your soul prosper. And until the next podcast upload, God, beautiful blessings be upon you. This terrific Tuesday. And I and I thank you and appreciate you 
always for tuning in to WDGS on your podcast station. Bye for now.